Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. So much going on, so much happening. We'd encourage all of you to be part uh, of as much of it as you can be a part of. We are so excited about what God is doing in this season and uh, grateful for each of you. And I'll just tell you that I am as, as excited as I've ever been about a season of our church to see what God has been doing in the last couple of weeks. And I'm just telling you, next week, I'm excited about this week's message. Next week, I'll be preaching the vision message for 2023. Super excited about that. And then Reggie's coming February 5th. If you don't know who Reggie Dabs is, I'm just telling you, after service, not right now, because then you'll be let down by the experience you're about to have. So after service, Google who Reggie Dabs is, and you do not want to miss February 5th in the morning. And at night, we're going to have a special rally that night. There are invite cards on your seat. Make sure to invite people. It's a Sunday that you don't want to miss, I promise you. And then after that, uh, the following Sunday, I'm going to begin a new series just talking about the mission and vision and purpose of our church. There are so many new people, and I'm just excited to be able to take us on a journey to say, who are we as Crosspoint Church? And uh, this past week, we got away with the board, and we're able to just spend some significant amount of time in prayer and in worship and dreaming about the future. And I'm just telling you, God is up to something amazing. And hold on to your seats. It's, it's a great ride. I have to tell you about last week before I dive into the message. Last week was January 15th. It's the middle of January. An ordinary Sunday morning, January 15th. Y'all, I don't know anything special about January 15th except for that it was Leslie Morris and Sue Huber's birthday last week. That's what Brian told me. He's like, that's the only thing I can point to. That's what made the difference. It was their birthday. And so uh, anyway, I'm just, last week was far from ordinary. We honestly rarely talk about numbers publicly as a church. And one reason is because I don't ever want you to feel like you're just a number to us, right? You are... uh, image bearers of God. That's who you are to us. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I'll just tell you, we do measure numbers because people count. People matter to God. It's a metric that we have as a church. Rarely do we talk about it publicly. But two weeks ago, I sat in a staff meeting and I said, y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. And I wasn't saying that to them in a condescending way. What I was saying to them is sometimes when we're in the midst of something and it's all we've known, it's hard to realize what's happening. I met with a lady this week in my office who was talking about last week, and she said, wow, and, and I, I said, isn't that amazing, and here's what's happening, and she's like, wow, I thought we were, we were shrinking as a church. Because when you're in the midst of something, It's hard to see what's happening. So I said to staff, y'all don't even know. I said, this week in preparation for our annual business meeting, next week I was calculating the percentage increase from attendance from 2021 into 2022, and that number was 29%. Our church grew in average attendance by 29% from 2021 into 2022 to the glory of God. 
We ended the year for the first time ever with an average attendance of over 500, and the average attendance for last year was 504, in case anybody wondered. Now, the next stat I'm going to tell you is not a stat that we celebrate. It's just so that we're aware that what God is doing here is not ordinary. It's extraordinary. What God is doing here is not what's natural. Instead, it's supernatural. A study came out in September that, that the results of that were that 83% of churches still aren't back to their pre-COVID attendance. We don't celebrate that fact. That's a horrible statistic. We pray for other churches to grow because there are lost people all around us. 83% still haven't reached pre-COVID attendance. And last year, by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, our church grew by 29%. Now, one other number that I want to share with you before I tell you what happened last week. Christmas Eve was huge. It was the largest Christmas Eve that we've ever had in the history of our church. It was an amazing service. And we had 660 people for our Christmas Eve services, and we celebrated that because it was big, and it was amazing, and it was wonderful to have all of you here. Last Sunday, January 15th, the middle of January, ordinary, regular Sunday morning service, there were 638 people in this building. On a regular Sunday morning in the middle of January, there were nearly as many people as one of the largest Christmas Eve services that we've ever had. Can I just tell you God's up to something? I've been in awe all week. As we gathered together as a board, one of just the common themes over and over was just gratitude to God. On top of the attendance last week, there were seven people in two services who responded and gave their hearts to Jesus, which is the best. Like, it's just amazing. So why, do, why am I talking about that this morning? Uh, there are a number of reasons why I'm talking about it this number, this, why I'm talking about it this morning. And the first reason is this, is I want God to notice, I want God to know that we noticed. And I want to give glory to God, right? This didn't happen because of something that we did. This happened because of something that he did. I don't have the count for today, but I'll tell you, first service was strong, and there are nearly 30 people sitting in the balcony right now. I'm just telling you that God is up to something. And so this morning, like even still in my heart, I just recognize, God, it's not me, it's not our team, it's not our volunteers, it's you. You have decided in this season to supernaturally and miraculously pour out your grace and your spirit upon us. And God, we just want to return that thanks back to you and say we notice and we thank you, God, for it. Yeah. Secondly, I wanted to build your faith. Ty talked about in the moment this morning that we have been praying for the last nine years for the 12,000 people within a 10-mile radius of our church. And this morning, one of the reasons why I share with you what I'm sharing is because I want it to build your faith. I want you to continue to pray bold prayers a long time, over time, you know, like bold prayers over time, and let's see what God will do. We're not giving up on praying for those 12,000 people within a 10-mile radius of our church who need Jesus. The third reason is we've been in, in, in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and the Lord is hearing and answering our prayers. And so let's keep it up. Let's keep praying. And finally, I just want to give you a heads up. As the growth continues, you might have to park a little further away. 
Our team parks as far as possible away in the fairway parking lot. I'm telling you, I'll park two miles away and walk over here on Sunday morning if I have to, to make room for somebody else. In first service, I said this piece, and it's funny because uh, I'm not going to look in that direction. I'm going to look in this direction. And so in, in first service, I said, maybe some of you are used to a seat, and that's your seat. You might not get to sit in your seat. And so this morning, I walked up to somebody during worship. I said, I'm talking about you today. <laughs> You're not sitting in your seat today. And so, but here's the heart. I know all of our hearts are like, you can take that seat. I'll sit somewhere else. You know, we'll make room for you. And in first service, someone yelled out, well, get here early. And I just echo that. I thought that was brilliant. Brilliant. You know, you might have to get here a little earlier. And so let me just share a couple of logistical things, and then I'll move on with the message. Uh, Fairway graciously allows us to park in their parking lot for free on Sunday mornings because they're closed. We're grateful to them. And so if you ever see the managers there, tell them you've you, if you're nice to them, tell them that you're from Cross Point Church and you appreciate uh, the parking lot situation on Sundays. If you're mean and grumpy, tell them you don't go to church anywhere. Um, and the other thing is our church owns the parking lot between us and Walgreens. And so feel free to park there and all along the street. So exciting times. And we've been in a series called If My People. And we're on week three today, and if you've missed any of these messages, I would encourage you to watch on YouTube or on Facebook or on our website or listen on Spotify. In the first week, we looked at a conversation between Solomon and God where God said to Solomon, ask me anything that you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon said to the Lord, please give me wisdom and knowledge to lead the people that you've entrusted me with. And God answered his prayer with, and then some. And what a great prayer that was modeled for all of us to be praying in our spheres of influence. God, give me wisdom and give me knowledge to lead the people that you've entrusted me with. Last week, we looked at Acts chapter 1, where the early church was navigating a complex season. Jesus was with them in the flesh, and then he was crucified and buried and wasn't with them in the flesh anymore. And then he rose from the dead and was with them again in the flesh. And then he ascended into heaven and again was no longer with them. But before he did, he told them to wait for the gift and the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the complexity of that moment and the necessity of selecting another disciple because Judas had betrayed his relationship with the other disciples and with Jesus. And then Judas took his own life. I'm telling you, it was a complex situation time of uncertainty for the early church, and in that moment, they united in prayer, and God gave them wisdom to navigate the decision in the days ahead. Acts chapter 2 records this incredible time when God introduced his people to the Holy Spirit in a dynamic way. Acts chapter 2 is the first time when we see people experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what's cool is while this command to wait in Jerusalem for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit was for a specific group, for a specific moment in time, the gift was not. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was not just for a select group of people at a select time. Instead, the Lord continues to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He's still baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. And in a time of uncertainty and complexity, the early church prayed for wisdom and knowledge, and they obediently waited. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 tells us what happened. If you're taking notes or if you're following along in your Bible, it's also going to be on the screen. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. 
Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. Genuinely, we ask for a demonstration of your Spirit's power this morning. Would you open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and today would we see a supernatural outpouring of your Spirit. Would you supernaturally draw hearts who are far from you to you? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I can't stress this enough that the setting of this passage was during an incredibly complex and uncertain time for these believers. Lesser situations have closed churches, but in this moment, the believers were in unity. Oh, what it would look like in these complex days for the global church to be in unity. I'm grateful for the diversity that we have in our church and that in spite of our differences, there's incredible unity. And can I encourage all of us, let's continue in that and let's protect that. In a time of uncertainty and complexity, the church was united, and they joined together in prayer. They're in a room together, and all of a sudden, they they experienced this dynamic, supernatural outpouring that they had never seen before and never experienced. There was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It sounded like a derecho was sweeping through the entire house. The Bible says that divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. They were united as people. They were united in purpose and they were united in prayer. And verse 3 says that divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. They all were having this shared experience. The Holy Spirit in that moment and even today still doesn't discriminate between young and old, male or female. It rested on each of them. Robert Morris, in the book, The God I Never Knew, writes, after hearing something they had never heard and seeing something they had never seen, these people suddenly found themselves with the power to do something they had never done. Verse 4 tells us that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There was a special grace in this moment where each and every single one of them in the room saw and experienced the same thing. I believe that the scripture teaches that the Holy Spirit baptism is for everyone. And I pray that all of us would be open to it and experience it. For those of you who haven't been open to it, I pray that today through this message that that God would open up your heart to it. I pray that for those of you who have sought after the baptism of the Holy Spirit and prayed for it, maybe even some of you for years, that today would be the day when you would experience that. And I want to encourage you to don't give up on it, but continue to pray and seek God. Let him pour out his gift on you. After this supernatural moment, Luke records that there are people from all over and the sound is carrying out from this room. People who were there from different regions and spoke different languages were hearing non-native language speakers speaking their mother tongue. Verse number seven says, as a result of this, they were amazed and astonished. Verse 11 and 12 says, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. That had to be trippy. To know that somebody doesn't know your language. 
And now they're speaking your language fluently, declaring the works and the wonders of God. The best example that I can give of this is a lifetime ago, my wife and I were in India as missionaries, and, and I learned Hindi, one of the languages in India, and learned it at an elementary level, maybe just a little bit above an elementary level, but still, like that's, that's where I was at with that. And about 10 years ago, my wife and I were in Altoona, Iowa, and I'd stopped at a gas station probably to get a pack of gum or some chapstick, and I walked into this gas station, and I was not greeted, which tells you that it was not a quick start. <laughs> and as I walked in, the attendant had his phone up to his ear, and I'm walking around the store. I find what I need, and I walk up to the cash register where, again, I'm still not greeted, but I'm rang up. I pay for, pay for the whatever I had, and, and finally, after that, Still on the phone, he looks up and he says, thank you. To which I respond, Danyavaji, which is Hindi for thank you, sir. This man had been speaking Hindi the entire time that I was in the store. His phone's still up to his ear. Like, I'm telling you, I have no idea what this man was talking about, but my guess is he's probably just talking to a friend. But in this moment, when a non-native speaker is speaking Hindi, this was his response. <laughs> I walk out the door. Erica is my witness. She's on the front row. She said, what happened? Because even when I got out to the car, this is still what I saw. <laughs> so what happened? I said, baby, he didn't greet me. He didn't say anything to me until the very end where he said, thank you. So I said, Danyavaji. I'm sure that man is still trying to figure out who was that guy who in Altoona, <laughs> Iowa, just came in and spoke my mother tongue. What a shock it was for him. In verse 11, it was a shock for these people as well. Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And verse number 12 says that people were amazed and they were perplexed. They were amazed and they were perplexed. They were amazed at God working supernaturally through humans. And after it says, it says, verse 12, and they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But verse 13 says, some didn't get it. Others mocked them, saying they are filled with new wine. Verse 13 says, these people got the good stuff. They're drunk. And I think one of the greatest tactics that the enemy uses when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us to blaze past and ignore verse number 12 that talks about lost people being amazed by the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and the power of God and to focus instead on verse number 13 and convince people, the enemy wants to convince people that if they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that people will accuse them of being drunk or being weird. Robert Morris, in his book, The God I Never Knew, writes, The world has its share of truly eccentric people. And some of them are spirit-filled Christians. But here's a newsflash. They were weird before they were filled with the Spirit. That's just who they are. They'd be weird if they had never been saved and had pursued coin collecting. Instead, they would just be wacky coin collectors. 
He writes, this particular lie of the enemy harms us more than we realize. On one hand, we see the biblical evidence that the Holy Spirit is a blessing and a helper. On the other hand, the enemy shows us goofy people doing goofy things in the name of the Spirit. As a result, we think this Holy Spirit stuff is probably good, but only in small doses. You don't want to get too carried away with it. How the enemy likes to deceive followers of Jesus. For all of us in this season of complexity and uncertainty, I pray that our hunger would exceed our hesitancy. We need more spirit-filled believers today than ever before. The task in front of us is great. We need the empowerment of the Spirit. Peter addresses the crowd that's making the accusations that they're drunk, and it's pretty remarkable that it's Peter who's addressing the crowd. Peter, the one who, who denied Jesus three times, once to a little girl, and now, now in this moment, recently baptized and empowered by the Holy Spirit, he stands up to witness and to preach boldly. He doesn't pull any punches, and you can read his, his message in Acts chapter 2, and I would encourage you to do that in your own time this week and meditate on these words. He says, nope. This is not what you've witnessed. Instead, what you have witnessed is once again God doing what he said he would do. What you've witnessed is once again God doing what he said he would do. He says, don't you remember the prophet Joel saying that in the last days that I would pour out my spirit on all flesh, on your sons and your daughters, your male servants and your female servants? Yeah, we're not drunk. This is just God doing what he said he was going to do. And he lays out this bold message, and recently empowered by the Holy Spirit, he confronts the sin condition. And after he addresses the sin condition of the crowd in this moment, here's the response in verse number 37. Now, when they heard this, when they heard the gospel, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word those who responded to the gospel, those who were saved that day were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. What a day. The message of the gospel pierced their hearts and they said, what do we need to do? And Peter's response was, your life's not in alignment with the word of God. Your life's not in alignment with the will of God and you need to repent. He just told them straight up, you're living in sin, you're children of wrath, you're far from God, and you need to knock it off. He said, you need to repent and bring your life into alignment with the word and will of God. And then he said, once you do that, you need to get baptized in water and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he throws out this other line. He says, save yourself from this wicked generation. Can you imagine how dare he? How dare he call sin wicked? I would imagine if he was standing on the stage this morning that his language would be even stronger. Crying out, saying, save yourself from this wicked generation. And so let's recap for a moment. In an uncertain, complex time, Jesus is no longer present in the flesh the church is in unity. They're in unity in purpose. They're in unity in prayer. And they're in unity in power. 
They've all had the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And Peter preaches this confrontational message, calling people out of their sin into a life of Christ. And the result is found in verse number 41. It says, those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people turned to Jesus, received salvation, turned away from sin, repented, and then they were immediately baptized. What a day. And in that day, after receiving salvation, they said, I don't want to wait another second of another minute, of another hour, of another day, of another week, of another month. Instead, as I have received this gift of salvation, I want to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit as well. In a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Maybe there are some of you who are far from God that today you're like, today is the day I'm going to receive salvation. Maybe there are others of you who are far from God and you say, today I need to, I'm going to see my relationship restored back to him. And at the end of our service, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. In addition to that, we're going to give you an opportunity to immediately be baptized. And so at the end of uh, this message, Pastor Dan's going to be at the back of the sound booth in the back uh, right here is a box. That's the sound booth, and Pastor Dan's going to be standing there. And if some of you today are like, I can't wait another second of another minute, of another hour, of another day, of another week, of another month, of another year, I've got to be baptized today. I'm telling you, we have shorts for you, and we have t-shirts and towels for you, and we can make that happen today at the end of service. At the end of first service, I just threw this out there, and there was somebody who came back to the prayer tomb, prayer room, tears in her eyes, excited to get baptized in first service. And I'm believing for, that there will be some of you in second service that will do that as well. So again, after the worship team begins to sing a song in a minute, you can go back and Pastor Dan will give you all the instructions. 3,000 people were saved and baptized and it wasn't a blow in and a blow out event. Instead, the group stayed together and committed to one another and the mission. Verse number 42 says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 3,000 people in one event. But this wasn't just an event. This was a movement, movement that continued. And the Bible says that day by day, People were being added to their number. People were being saved. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. For those of you who aren't part of a small group, may I encourage you and urge you to be part of a small group. For those of you who join us online and you're not part of this community in person and you're not part of a small group, can I urge you, please join a small group. Be in fellowship and community with others. We started small groups last week, but we didn't because of our cancellation of snow policy with Waverly Shell Rock canceling. We canceled. So you haven't missed a thing. Sign up today. Go to the church app. Find us after service. Be part of a small group. The Greek word translated as devoted, these believers were devoted to one another, it brings a lot of strong connotations, including striving and steadfast adherence and constantly diligent and to attend. The image is of a community of people who no matter the adversity they face, their own feelings or what's happening in the world are continually in prayer. 
and nothing can stop them from praying. So they broke bread together and they prayed and it resulted in all coming upon every soul in many signs and wonders. Brendan Manning wrote, the spirituality of wonder knows the world is charged with grace. That while sin and war, disease and death are terribly real, God's loving presence and power in our midst are even more real. When God's people pray, God moves and lives are changed. God, God's people can pray for more than just a change in physical circumstances. They can also pray for all and a greater understanding of God's work and creation. I believe that what God has been showing us over the last year and even over the last couple of weeks, we're beginning to see a glimpse of what he wants to do. We're seeing just the tip of the iceberg of, of the power of the Holy Spirit. His work in drawing hearts to him. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Even now, the Holy Spirit is tugging at some of your hearts. You know that you're not a child of God, that you're a child of wrath, and that without his grace, you will spend an eternity in hell. And today you say, I, I don't want that path. I don't want that trajectory. I want to be a child of God. I want to be a follower of him. I want to be set free from the sin that so easily entangles and walk in the forgiveness and the freedom that Jesus gave his life for me to experience. If that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time and be my Lord and Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to ask that you would slip up your hand. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, if that's you, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Are there others this morning? Let's all stand. at least one hand that went up this morning of someone who needs to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who needs to see their relationship restored back to him here's what I'm going to do I'm going to lead us in a prayer if you raise your hand I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you but know that you won't be praying this prayer alone but that each of us in support of you will also be praying let's pray say dear heavenly father thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you raise your hand, we'd encourage you to text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you along in the decision that you've made and the journey that God wants to take you on. As I mentioned, the worship team's about to lead us in another song. The prayer team's going to make their way to the front. If you want prayer for anything, 
this morning. I'd encourage you to step out of your seat and let somebody pray for you. In addition to that, Pastor Dan is at the back of the sound booth. And as soon as uh, the worship team begins to sing, if this morning you want to get baptized, head back there right away and they'll get you taken care of for that. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the work and the moving of your Holy Spirit that we read about in Acts chapter 2. But God, we're even more grateful that it wasn't just limited to that time and to that place, but instead that even today that you are pouring out your spirit on all flesh. And so this morning, there's a hunger for it like no other. And so Lord, we pray that we would see a supernatural move of your spirit. For those who have been hesitant, I pray that this morning that their hunger would exceed their hesitant. Lord, for those who have been resistant, I pray that there would be an openness to it. For those who have been seeking, Lord, I pray that there would be an answer to their prayer today. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.